Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. This is season four, three guys with perfect opinions about pop culture. I am your host, Alex Falcone, recording from my apartment in sunny North Koreatown, Los Angeles, and I am joined... I forgot to do this part again. I gotta make a note to do this. I really liked when I had him. All right, can I do this on the fly? Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I wrote one. Ah, damn it, it's too late. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. Just make one up. It, just have it be bad. Just do. Just do a bad one on purpose. I rem- I did actually write one down and then I forgot it. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. The little thing when I introduce you and I say a thing about you that's related oh, to the character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you. I thought there was some other thing that you had. Fun- Never mind. Go ahead. No, but I forgot it last week too, and it's like a fun. It's a you know, it's a tent pole. People people look for it. They love mm-hmm. it. They love it about this show. They can't get enough of my. I'm stalling while I'm trying to find um, this link. Um, it doesn't matter. I give up. I give up. I don't know. Anyway, it's Anthony Lopez. Hey, buddy. <laughs> hey. Uh, the worst introduction. Sorry. Alex, look, I know you're real upset with me about making you watch this, but I need you to do me a favor, buddy. I need you to put that knife down, okay? I need you to put the knife back. Hey, let go of me. Let go of me, Alex. What are you doing? Jesus. Um, it's good I don't to remember be that part. They're also in the same room us- for, for yeah. this recording, it's I guess. Yeah, I, y'all are in the same room for this recording, his, I guess. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. His anger at me is coming through my screen. It's scary. Oh, me. that's what's happening. I see. Um, oh, here's one. All right. Also joining us, um, he always brings coffee to the cops. He's at Hun Bun on Letterboxd in yeah. the woods of Arkansas. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yeah. Also, I'm secretly Martian Manhunter, and it's unclear yeah. that if that is important or not. I'm just, that's who I am. There you go. Which, wait, was, wait who, what? The Martian guy at the end of the movie, Alex, like... You know the 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 crazy thing at, that the movie ends on, and it's just like that's the end of the movie, I guess. I mean the dream sequence. No, no, after that, the the the, the Martian guy, guy. He's green. He has red eyes. Like, wait, was he that literally was that ends his, mom? He's like, hello, no, I'm he's, Martian Manhunter, and it's like, does, okay, I guess that's the end of the movie. He does appear uh, disguised as um, Martha Kent in order but, to. But also, get, real Martha Kent exists in this world. Yes. 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 Yeah, and Martian Manhunter tend to, he really, I believed him as Martha Kent. I, I love that Martian, okay, so like if you know anything about the comics, Martian Manhunter does have a real name, but I love that he told Bruce, some call me Martian Manhunter, which sounds so intimidating. It would be like if I met Hunter and he was like, some call me Arkansas man killer. Like what? That's a, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a friend. That sounds like a bad guy. Yeah, uh, I thought that guy might be a Green Lantern because he was green. Well, fun fact: he was supposed to be a Green Lantern. Uh, oh, but the uh, studio was like the one thing they kind of didn't let him do because they want to introduce the Green Lantern on their own terms again because it worked out so well last time they tried it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so they they uh, changed that to the Motion Manhunter payoff. Who was well that you know man, that certainly de- that really brought that whole film together. Um, okay, so before we start talking about this, I want to thank all of our meat buddies who support our show despite our best efforts. If you'd like to join them and help keep us tripping up the stairs, go to Metreon.com, and we thank everybody who supports the show and joined our Patreon campaign, which is going better than I expected. All right, mm. so uh, normally we break the show into three segments for season four. We are going to do a... We're going to combine them all together. Uh, we're going to Voltron them into one mega segment. Uh, the homework today, we're dedicating the entire show to um, this homework because it is a doozy. So this week, 
as you can tell already, we're talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, the 2021 film from American Telephone and Telegraph based on the characters <laughs> from Detective Comics exclusively on the home box office maximum streaming service. If you were lucky enough not to run in circles where you've heard about this, first of all, I love you. Thank you. Second of all, uh, so th- what's happening here? This is the updated version of the 2017 flop Justice League revived by an incel campaign on the internet who believed all the problems of the original were the fault of pre-disgraced replacement director Joss Whedon. So original director Zack Snyder was brought back and completed his vision by adding $70 million and an unconscionable two hours to the end of an already two-hour movie. Um, though popularly known as the Snyder Cut, it's actually the Snyder Paste. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of new, a lot more added than taken out, mm. really. The only thing taken out was the left and right halves of the screen. Well, I want to be I want to be uh, accurate here. I think he only added like twenty minutes. Like, yeah, that, that's the whole problem, right? Is that he brought them almost four hours of movie and was like, "Here's my movie," and they were like, "Well, that's not how that's not how movies work. That's not you don't bring us almost four hours of film here." Yeah, and then we showed that to other people. They, they did yeah, not they, do the thing. Warner Brothers looked at that and they said, "We need somebody who." can add humor to this and cut out all the minority characters. So they brought in <laughs> Joss Whedon, uh, which if, if you want to know first off what he cuts, I don't think, am I, have either of you seen the theatrical cut of this? I have Obviously. seen, uh, I, uh, in it's, the weirdest way, I've seen half of it. It's, so. <laughs> I, I really dislike that. But if you're curious what it is, it's a bunch of, a uh, bunch of like kind of odd sexist butt shots of Wonder Woman. He added, there's a really bad joke in Age of Ultron where Bruce Banner and uh, uh, Black Widow uh, fall down and Bruce Banner does the thing when he lands on Scarlet, uh, not Scarlet, but Black Widow and grabs her boobs like to catch Mm. himself. Oh, yeah, that's that joke. It's really awkward. That classic great joke. And he loved it so much that he added it to his theatrical cut of Justice League. Uh, The same exact joke when Flash falls on Wonder Woman and grabs her boobs. Um, and then he, so he added those and then he cut out anyone with a slighter p- like complexion uh, than uh, some of the, like Cyborg, basically. I have no like, interest in defending Joss Whedon and I'm sure I would not have liked that movie, but it literally is twice as good as this one because it's half as long. And that's I, I <laughs> so disagree on Could that. not be worse. Mm. So, um, let me give you guys a summary for those of you who have not seen the movie. Let me summarize this for you. It's I'm going to do the, I'm giving myself a little extra time because this is basically um at, at least two full movies. This so I'm going to give Falcone myself a little more cut, space. You know, this of the summary. There the is a longer, longer version. Yeah, I originally summarized just nonstop for 3 days, but I decided to edit down to the generous 2 hours you're going to hear from me now. Okay. So <laughs> Superman is dead, which we all assume is permanent and forever um and definitely going to stay that way. But uh, what we didn't know originally is that as he died, he screamed so loud and so long, like 13 minutes of slow motion sound waves that emanated re- away from him. It woke up three matching but slightly different colored MacGuffin boxes, which are they're sort of like Norman normal boxes, except they are either magic or alien or technology that can combine themselves and shout unify and then they cleanse the world with fire making everybody there alive but drained of life which is, is a cogent story that totally makes sense the uh, uh, isaac Osimov quote was he the one who said it about any technology sufficiently advanced enough is magic this sure. is the ultimate version of that 
Yes, where uh, it's just, just magic they just made science, something up. Whatever. Um, that's exactly what he meant. Um, yeah. So anyway, they gotta get you gotta collect all the boxes. Yay! Um, the guy who wants to do that is this alien goat boy, uh, demon uh, goat boy covered in shiny metal spikes, and he doesn't want to. Uh, he does. He he doesn't want to be like limited to just destroying humanity. He wants to like ride free, like he's on a magic carpet. He's like just born to be wild, you know. But he has to do work, and so he has to destroy the earth because, as far as I can tell, he owes the devil fifty bucks. So he's following the scent of the boxes. Oh, also these boxes have a pheromone trail. Um, so he's doing all that just to make his his uncle happy, who he owes fifty bucks to, who's the devil. Okay. Um. Fortunately, the Earth, we, the good guys, have a whole group. We have a, a, a plethora of superhero options who each get their own movie, but when they join forces together, they can stop uh, Goat Boy. So there's Batman, who's played uh, by Ben Affleck, who makes me laugh every time he talks, um, somehow manages to have less gravitas than Adam West while smiling less than Christian Bale. And hey, Adam West was a good Batman. Yeah, okay. he was great. But not yeah. full of gravitas. He was amazing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Did I, mean, not have I, gravitas. I would say Adam West was a better Batman, but Ben Affleck's a better Bruce Wayne. I think is how I would describe it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you know, I love that of... classic blue Bruce Wayne where he's like, "Hey, I'm just a guy from Boston having a good time fixing this rocket." <laughs> oh man. Um. Also, too old that Ben Affleck used to be cute. Anyway, as you know, um, he is just a rich guy with daddy issues. But in this one, since he's underpowered compared to everybody else, he also uses guns. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, also, there's Aquaman, a sea god, demigod who rides on the outside of cars exclusively and has daddy issues. And then there's the Flash who can move fast but can't talk to girls. And he's got daddy issues. And then there's Cyborg who is a robot except for his upper left face. And he's got daddy issues and then there's wonder woman doesn't have a dad doesn't care so she's chill um and then of course there's <laughs> superman who is dead and we are positive will remain dead because that's how death works so those are the teams you got you got goat boy and the guy he owes 50 bucks to and then he also has like flying mosquitoes with guns that he works with that are either unkillable or sometimes very killable depending on who's punching them anyway so they, those two groups they line up and then they punch each other for 10 minutes and then they take a break to do some exposition and then they go punch 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 for 10 minutes and they take a break to stand in a circle and do some exposition and then they go punch 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 and then goat boy visits his boss and his boss is like find the boxes and he's like i don't have the boxes yet uh, i thought it was his uncle you said they he, he had uncle energy that's well, well i tried to look uncle. this up and it's un i believe he actually his boss might be his nephew it's not super clear to me oh you looked it up that's hilarious i googled it i was like what is why yeah why does he owe this guy 50 bucks and i could not figure it out but it's like his <laughs> boss and every time he's every time his boss is like hey did you find the boxes and he's like i didn't find the boxes he's like well go find me the boxes literally could have been an email so they check in three times uh about where the boxes are there then they go back to punch 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 and then you guys are not gonna believe this and i know it's kind of a spoiler but i'm doing it anyway superman comes back to life what i know wow. And um, after taking a brief time out to write the best-selling book, Space Heaven is for Real, he helps his team punch the other team. And then now with Superman on your team, you're better punching. And so the two teams of immortal beings punch back and forth. And then eventually the good punchers beat the bad punchers. And everybody's dad says, he's proud of you, which is what everybody wanted all along. And then, yeah, there's like a 40-minute dream sequence that ends with a green guy showing up. That's an epilogue, though. Technically, yeah, it ended at the end. Yeah, of that's the, the epilogue. Uh, also, you skip the part where Superman you, is mad and they have to over. punch Superman yeah. for some reason. Uh, Alex, yes, sir. Alex, I know you're getting a little worked up, but can yeah, you're holding the knife again, buddy? I need you to put <laughs> it down. All right, 
I don't, I don't know, know what you're even this... talking about. I don't remember you're... a knife in this no, movie. No, I'm not saying it's not a move. You're just upset and you want to hurt people now, and you're holding the knife. No, I don't know who I'm this not old a knife guy. I don't, I don't know who know... this old lady. He's not a knife guy. He's like a. Yeah, yeah, he's Alex, not a knife guy. He's like a sword guy. Yeah, okay. Alex, what do you plan? Sword guy. What are you? I don't even. I don't get Alex, this bit. What are you doing with all that fertilizer, buddy? What are you so planning? That, I, don't I don't get it. Look, I am angry at you for ruining <laughs> two and a half days of my week out of seven, which is like pretty substantial injury to my ability to have a week. <laughs> um, I'm not nearly as mad at you as my wife is. Mm. Um, oh wow! Because she doesn't even get to do a podcast about it. She just got dragged along for a ride because our apartment isn't really big enough for someone to watch a loud punching movie and the other person to not. Mm. Oh, that's a good point. So we well, ruined. I was about to say, so like, we also I, ruined movie night and the day after movie night trying to finish this movie. Yeah, Elena had no interest in watching this movie, but I can totally understand if it's like, it, regardless of her choosing to watch it yeah, or you not, guys are she's in a house, watching it. So yeah. yeah, I mean, my wife uh enjoyed this movie so much that she is now halfway through the first season of the cw flash show she <laughs> wanted to know more about the flash so i could see know, if, if the only person i could conceivably be interested in after this well there's two people i'd hang out with i would hang out with the flash a little more uh and i would hang out with that spider that can turn your mind into a little pico projector mm-hmm. that was that oh yeah that was kind of cool um, like thing. it really does make in, uh, interrogations way faster where it's like yeah. you can't torture me and he's like i got a spider that projects yeah, your I head yeah i don't need to buddy what are you what are you the so movie's already long enough i'm digital, not going to torture yeah. you yeah. um yeah the I, flash is fun although the flash he's like kind of funny but then also like way poorer than you have to be if you can run the speed of light and also sometimes he just can't Sometimes he just trips, but then other times he can't trip, and it's unclear what causes it. Well, I mean, his his money is going to pay for lawyers. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot but of you dad stuff. Run the speed of light. I mean, you could, like, he gets a job walking dogs, which doesn't make sense, but he could Uber Eats and be the only person who brings your food at a reasonable speed. Oh, he mm. does get that job, doesn't he? Yeah. And yeah. then he, I guess he does, I guess he no-shows. And then yeah, no sh- yeah, no-shows gets fired real fast. Pretty sad. Um, yeah. That's interesting. They didn't even I have mean, time The dog's that, got a free hot dog that we got, got to watch. Yeah, he got Cat the hot dog. Uh, hey, that uh, was funny. Float through okay. the air that was like actually a funny moment in when minutes. he grabs the hot dog. That actually yeah. made me laugh. Okay. Uh, I mean, when, I, no, him taking the hot dog was not funny. Him giving it to a dog later was like almost made it okay. Well, him taking the thing I loved about me. The thing I liked about that sequence uh, was him taking so much time uh, getting the hot dog, saving this girl, not giving a shit about the driver of the truck. Right. Uh, he had plenty or of time to save him on as the well. Stand. Uh, but yeah, I I want to just get in here because I get the feeling I'm gonna I'm the only one who enjoyed this. Um, as far I, as well, I think I'm my, that might be true of you yeah. in the world. I, I mean, no, I that's think, not true. Actually, there's a lot of this, really positive takes about this movie yeah, all over I, the internet. This is I, no, I will say, having I've looked at a lot of these, every single positive take about this movie is like, look, it's not great, but yeah, that's and true. then they right. say something yeah, yeah. positive. Yeah, that's I kind mean, of where I'm at I, with it. I don't think it's a a like a, a great movie. I don't think it is like um, necessarily like super. In, insightful or anything but what I, I think the closest thing i was we were talking about this on discord the closest movie i can compare this to is uh the wachowski speed racer which is also from warner brothers studios um and just, just in the love terms, those american telephone and telegraph yeah. produced films but <laughs> the just this idea of like i thought this movie is so yeah you guys know me you know i love big swings you heard me talk about 
how angry I was about like Wonder Woman 84 because I tried to do a bunch of stuff and I thought it just failed on his face. And this is a movie of probably the biggest swing I have ever seen uh, mm. using like cultural iconic characters like this. Uh, I thought the movie just like the just washed over me with its use of visuals, its music, the sheer audacity of it. Like my experience with this movie was uh, it started off and I was like, am I developing dementia? Have I been inside too long? I think I'm starting to I think I might kind of like this. And then a few things happen in very quick succession. Uh, we go to um, uh, where the Amazonians live. And there's a scene where a bunch of big burly women swing sledgehammers at building foundations, which is like my exact search terms on tube sites when I go there. <laughs> so like, you that really was, like you like was, structural failure? Well, the big women with sledgehammers. It's a uh, it's a thing. Yeah. It's you know. So that yeah, happened, yeah, and I was like, that was cool. By the way, uh, that is then, definitely a Joss Whedon joke. No, there's no Joss Whedon joke. No, no, no. Joss no. You saying that was it was was that was a Joss Whedon esque joke? How dare yeah, like you. the search terms joke. Yeah, the yeah, search sure. terms joke. No, that was a Joss, Joss Whedon, Whedon wrote joke, that joke for you. would be I would be a teenager talking about stuff that only forty five year old men know about. That's a Joss <laughs> Whedon joke. Uh, the women with the sledgehammers, you know, did right, the thing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then you were you were horny yeah, for the sledgehammers. There's always sledgehammers, and then shortly after that, Steppenwolf with this dumb, stupid little face threw a horse at an Amazonian. And my wife, who was sitting next to me, went, holy shit, he just threw a horse. Yeah. And then we looked at each other and went, this movie fucking rules. Yeah. And we just That's watched weird. it from the rest of it. I I genuinely, like I said, I think this movie is so audacious, so insane. And it is, like, I'm not a big fan of any of Snyder's work uh, before this, especially his DC stuff, which I think has been so nihilistic and cynical and mean-spirited. And really grimdark, you know, is a popular word people like to say. And to me, this movie is like all of Zack Snyder's weird eccentric ideas and his, you know, odd use of music and visuals. But it doesn't have any of that grimdark nihilism. Like, this is actually a movie about, like, hope and faith and, like, finding uh, home in other people. Like, all this stuff that I just did not expect. From a Snyder movie, like, I, you know, like you guys, I went in really expecting to think this was going to be a disaster. And I was just won over by it, by like, like I said, just the audacious visuals. Where else are you going to see? And the big ladies. A giant bull fight a bear to represent finance in America, right? It's just. I mean, yeah. Um, Hunter, how did you feel? I have heard, because I heard Anthony gave us a lot of stuff uh, in our pre-conversation. Yeah. And you have been intriguingly silent. Oh, really? Uh, I think it was, it's like a giant bucket full of uh, so much stuff that some of it is bad. Some of it is uh, so, there are like mistakes in the movie that, would not be acceptable in any other movie. Like there's like scenes that almost repeat word for word at times, but it's four hours. And mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of, uh, I, I, the word I would use, and I don't necessarily have a lot of po- like, uh, positive, uh, aspects of this word is exceptional in that it's, it's just such a strange thing to exist. And there are so many weird little angles of it. Uh, but there are many scenes uh, that I hated 
a lot <laughs> and did not enjoy yeah. even a little bit. Yeah. And then there were some parts. Where it's almost like I think I did my own cut of the movie while I was watching the movie. I was like, I I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is four hours, and that's not defendable. Like I I and I've read no defense of it i've never i haven't read anyone try to say that it's four hours and it needs that running time no i think in my head i made a three-hour version of this movie that was actually okay and i think there is an okay i it it you know the big takeaway to me is like i don't know why warner brothers didn't just cut this down to something manageable uh and 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 let uh, him release this movie because it's not uh, I don't I don't think it's horrible. And I think uh, it's weird that you're getting this, like, I would say, kind of rough draft overblown version of it. The like stuff at the end is just like, well, like just cut. That just doesn't need to be there. But yeah. It's weird. It's like because it's so long, I'm almost you weren't excited to see your friend, the jokester. No, I did not want to see the jokester. Uh, I don't want to see this. the jokester again at pretty much ever. I think I'm done. I've had enough jokes for one lifetime. Yeah. The, the thing about the endings, uh, there's two things I really liked about the ending. Uh, for I do think most of that is kind of unnecessary and just goes into the audaciousness of it. But uh, there's a lot of this movie, a lot of jokes in this movie that I think work and a lot of stuff that is absolutely hilarious, but not intended as a joke. Mm-hmm. And my probably my favorite one of those is something I can't believe I... I I saw in a movie. Like so much of this experience was just like, I can't believe this is happening in front of me. But I have a, a list scene of these, so I'm glad when, you're gonna do this. Uh, when Ben Affleck as Batman looks at the Joker and says, And make no mistake, I will fucking kill you. Um <laughs> it's probably the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's my favorite Batman moment, next to the moment in Tim Burton's Batman when Batman looks at the Joker and says, I'm gonna kill you. I just think that's a very funny thing for Batman to say. Uh, I, yeah, it, it that, is since since his like one thing that everybody knows about Batman yeah. is that he doesn't kill people. Yeah, it's very funny. Very funny. Uh, and then I mean, it, every the, time Ben Affleck is Batman in this movie, it was funny. And then I don't, uh, very, can I, I I disagree that that was funny because here's here's the reason why that was not funny to me. If if we had gotten from uh, Zach a, a straight Batman uh, that then in this one moment was like, I'll kill you. Uh, that would be so funny, right? But he's but this is the kill you Batman, so it's not funny that he does that. Yeah. It's like that's this is this is the Batman that kills people. So whatever. That's funny. That's a good point. Well, well I, to me, I I liked it, and then I really liked in the the one like so most of the ending was the stuff they they reshot when they started making this. I did like mm-hmm. in the last scene when Ben Affleck meets Motion Manhunter, even though I thought that scene was really stupid. I liked how healthy Ben Affleck looked. Like well, that's he's, true so puffy in the rest of this movie because he was going through a bad time in 2016, mm-hmm. 2017, mm-hmm. but he looks so healthy at the end of this movie. Yeah, and I'm point. like, you know what? Good for you, Ben. I'm yeah. glad you're getting your life together. I should be clear. I really like Ben Affleck sometimes like making him Batman is one of the strangest choices I've ever heard, but I do kind of like him and I'm glad he's feeling better. Um, I mostly like him in sad memes where he's like drinking coffee and looking stressed out, but <laughs> those smoking are his a best cigarette on the beach yeah. with his big yeah. Phoenix tattoo on his back, you know, yeah, I like iconic those. stuff. Yeah. I will say the two biggest laugh moments for me in the whole show are every time they said mother boxes. Yes. And yeah. when he said anti-life equation, mm-hmm. that was a moment where I felt like, yeah, that was like, that was well, a three star LOL moment. I, I thought, uh, I love the long sequence of the uh, Atlanteans and the Amazonians 
setting up this huge elaborate like shelter for the mother boxes and the uh, Amazonians have 50 women whose job is to just 24 hours a day point arrows at the boxes yeah, right. and the humans buried their box in a shallow ditch uh like two feet away from a house yeah I and you know which really box funny. lasted the longest yeah that's true shallow that's ditch true. that's not true no that was the box that came up first that was they found no, the that human the the, the well, wait hold up the human yeah. box is the last one that they get though yeah but the human box was already dug up and pit into Stowe's labs yeah they it, made it was right. like the bad a, guys a got bag. hold yeah. got a hold of it last yes I mean yeah it still uh, counts that's I'm still giving points yeah. for that still giving yeah. points for the shallow grave yeah, 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 yeah. it's very it's a very yeah. fun solution and and equally effective since like a thousand women pointing arrows at a thing that doesn't care about arrows is not a great defensive strategy. It's like yeah, you can I, shoot all the arrows you want at this. It doesn't work. And then the people that come out to catch it, they don't care about getting shot with arrows either. So it's like, yeah, we're going to shoot a rubber band gun at a tank. Like, why would you set up a lot of people with rubber band guns? It's just not helpful. doesn't matter. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff like that in the movie, though, where there's just like m- like moments that if you they kind of don't hold up to a lot of scrutiny. And I think it's because he's going for a, a kind of tone thing that maybe doesn't resonate i think maybe because of consistency like it's almost like like i there was that thing you told us to read uh anthony uh where there was kind of an argument that this is like an epic kind of uh, like an epic poem or something or like Mm -hmm. it has this this deep deep mythological kind of the the joke review no the walter cha who's not a joke review is it no it's not Walter Chow, who's one of the best, he said it was a four by three aspect ratio because it was a Virgilian poem. That was a serious line. Yeah, yeah. It's he's a really really Wizard of Oz with the four three thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, But yeah, he's he's one of the best film critics. Cracked me up, and I was like, well, I don't have time for this joke right now. I did not think that was a serious review. No, you should read the whole review. It's very very well written. No, if he's serious about that, I definitely don't need to read the rest of it. Well, I think I it's an interesting people listening to this should actually re- read this review because it's it's like the most positive take I've seen on the movie. And I think that uh, what what's the name of the writer? Walter Chow. Yeah. So I feel like he saw something in this movie. I think I, it's almost like I think he kind of saw the matrix of this movie or like what this movie was going for tone wise mm. that as an audience member, I, I I could not click into. And so when I read it, it's not that. I felt like, oh, well, this just isn't there. It's like I know what he's talking about, but it didn't it didn't resonate and it didn't feel consistent enough to actually transport me to this this type of story that this writer actually experienced. But it was yeah. kind of it was interesting to read something so positive about a, a movie that for me was kind of it was just yeah, I, I don't know. It's a fascinating movie, but I'd like I, I, I it's kind of mediocre. what you thought were failures of it then, Hunter. Um, I, because it I, makes me feel like I'm not being gaslit. Wait, what? Are you? <laughs> you well, think you're just, being gaslit right now? Yeah, I don't. Just, I don't think it was a very good movie, Alex. Yeah, like, that's I, what I'm saying. That's why I need I, to hear that well, part. I, I definitely am on the same. I think the scene through the Matrix is a great way to put. I feel like I had that view of this movie where it was just like, what? There's a part of it that's like, one, if this is what Zack Snyder makes with like. A bunch of money and absolutely no studio interference. Imagine what like a great filmmaker would make if they actually had a chance at something like this. Mm. I mean, that's um, such an interesting 
setup. Okay, so before we talk about things you didn't like, Hunter, because I want to come back to that, but the existence of this movie is so weird, and what yes. it means for movies is so weird and interesting that I think we should focus on that for one second, because this movie is basically Weezer playing Toto's Africa. <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is... I, I don't understand. Did you hear Weezer's cover of Toto's yeah, Africa? Yeah. I did. Sadly, yeah. 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 yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. It sounds yeah. almost exactly like Toto playing Africa, except the Weezer guys, Mr. Weezer is singing it and it's fine. And everybody on the Internet has to pretend to like it because they made it happen as kind of a joke. And so they were like, this is our thing. We made this just like having a boat named Bodie McBoatface would not actually be great in the long run. But it's a funny thing the Internet did. So the Internet was like one kid was like i want weezer to play africa and then the internet was like fuck yeah we don't know why but we're gonna make this happen it's not a musical thing that anyone needs to hear but they all got together they lobbied for it they hashtagged it it and it happened and weezer recorded it it was like cool to feel real power in the real world so that's what the incels on the internet did with this movie is they forced it to happen through just sheer uh passion on the internet and what does that say for movie making going forward are there other movies that will get remade because the internet's like, why did this movie get messed up by a studio? Like does Warner brothers have anything to lose by giving $70 million to somebody to try to make their flop interesting again? I think it's look at like, look at like the, like the closest thing in society that's kind of happened in the last few years is like what happened with the Sonic, the hedgehog design, you know, like the way that was like a, a sort of grassroots thing. But what I do think the Snyder cut, it's like, it is such an interesting convergence of like internet culture and sort of the toxicity that comes with modern fandom, the sort of the the entitlement that comes with modern fandom in the digital age. You have all the studio stuff. I think things like like you know the the tragedy in Snyder's life, the all the stuff with like Ray Fisher, who I think is like really is the kind of the stuff about like outside of this movie. Like, I do kind of also feel like a feel-good story that this movie has because it's Snyder, like, making something for his daughter who passed away. Ray Fisher, Mm. who essentially has burnt so many bridges standing up for himself and, like, accountability in the entertainment industry because he was the one, you know, months ago, you know, bearing the drum about what happened on the reshoots and the racism at Warner Brothers and the the shitty prejudice and all Mm -hmm. the stuff he had to fight against. And a lot of that is like, now that you see this movie, and like, especially if you've seen the theatrical cut, Cyborg is literally barely in it. He has almost none of the stuff in this movie. And he is like the heart of this movie. He has all the, I think, the best stuff in this film. And to see him kind of get validated to see like all these small minority roles who got cut get validated and like I think that's really interesting. I yeah, th- I, don't, and- I don't think the character of Cyborg makes any sense, but I thought he was good as this robot. I wish we got to see more of him. I thought it was mostly a robot, but we only well, see like a, like three percent of his face. And that's it's like, the you know the fucked up as, thing is that the theatrical cut had even less. And then because no, he I just spoke mean out, of his face because he's a robot but, Cyborg. Yeah, yeah, like we just but I wanted to see more of just, the actor and less of the, the costume CG. Doesn't, oh, okay. doesn't work that well for him. I think I CG saying, costumes are a little weird anyway. Yeah, so I was gonna maybe say, like a practical would have been good. Yeah, you were gonna see more of him uh except for the fact that because he stood up to uh right. warner yeah, brothers not, they not cut out they cut him out of yeah the upcoming flash movie and all this other stuff which has just been so shitty so to see him validated i think it's yeah. been really interesting and it's Sweet like story. 
this this idea there is that- actually something about this though that's that that is related to what we're just uh, but for like getting to remake movies is that you can read all of the news and all of the different complaints from the original that you didn't know about you have you have the the hindsight of reading all of the reviews which is super interesting and i want like that like can you make a movie that's bad and then get all the reviews from it and then be like cool here's my second draft and then have that fix all those problems and have it be good that's an interesting way to make movies that's closer to how we get to do jokes where we don't yeah. ever have to say the well, final version I- of a joke I wonder if like like the the famous cut like the Lord and Miller solo cut right like the they were two weeks away from filming when they were fired and they reshot the right. whole movie like right. will they ever get a chance to like take the footage they shot and like assemble and do we want something them to, out of or it? do we want Lord and Miller to go make something else that's fun yeah I mean I would I think you can do both um, but I think it's just like it it is curious what kind of precedent this will set I think like. Otis, even if, like I said, I'm not a huge Zack Snyder fan, uh, I don't think he's really ever made a good movie before this. Um, and so, like, just to see him kind of have that, like, this chance to do it. It is interesting what, like, a different filmmaker getting a chance to do something audacious and wild and not have to worry about run times and theatrical well, this, performance. This seems like it could be the promise of... Um of streaming services and their fights is that like, if the internet says we would like to see literally whatever this person does, then they just give that person a blank check. That's super interesting. Um, it does sound like it could also be bad. And I certainly feel like watching this movie, the idea that no one had creative input is clear in almost every scene. Uh, and that if somebody had told him, you know, you have to actually, maybe you should, maybe you should keep it down a little bit. Might've been a better movie. But also I think that there is like, you have to remember, like this is not trying to be like the theatrical cut uh justice league, right? You have the big fan campaign and people wanted more. This is essentially the release of like the Lord of the Rings extended edition. Like if only that yeah, came yeah. out first, right? It is, right, right. it is supposed to be super long because why the fuck not? You know why? Like, I'm never going to get a chance to do this again. This universe is essentially dead after this. Why not put in every single thing I I filmed for it and like keep all the weird, you know, Scandinavian women smelling Aquaman sweater and singing yeah. Yeah. Uh, all that weird, wild shit in it. Yeah, there's like uh, a scene where we just watch them all walk upstairs for a little while where we could have just like cut to the top of the stairs, but we didn't cause we don't have to, we watched a, a, a sesame seed in super slow motion for 10 to 12 minutes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to there. You don't remember the sesame seed. I, 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 I don't I remember don't, it either, that but that's not that like the lyric of a song. No, the, uh. in the, in the stupid flash, uh, intro dog thing, mm-hmm. The truck, guy's eating a hamburger, crashes into a hot dog oh, truck, yeah. and oh. basically the scene is hot dogs versus hamburgers, and then you see the, hot, ha- the hot dog in very slow motion floating through the air, and then it cuts to the inside of the cab, and you see a sesame seed in super close-up CG. Not a real seed, not practical effect, but a very slow, and then they slow it down, and we watch it fall in one twentieth speed from his mouth to almost the bottom of the ground in that truck. It is incredible it's by far the most airtime i've gotten on a sesame seed it's like one of those mcdonald's commercials where you watch the burger fall onto itself and also come up to itself 
in while it's spinning. It's like that, but with just yeah. a yeah. random I mean, sesame if, seed. If they weren't cowards, they would have filmed a real sesame seed with one of those like 2,000 frames a second. That's what I'm saying, man. The people have, who do burger commercials uh, know how to do this. Just have a really good focus puller who can follow a seed all the yep. way down. That's yep. that's the filmmaking I want to see. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah I, I mean, the film would be under three hours if they just did le- like a normal amount of slow motion. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I don't, uh, it, it's... Moments like that, I, I always remember, like, uh, there's just this type of filmmaker, the people that, like, came up uh, doing music videos, where they tend, it's like, uh, Zack Snyder is like that, Michael Bay is like that, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, I might be pulling that out of my butt, but uh, the the people that come up from doing music videos, I feel like they always end up, like, they'll just be sequences where there is inexplicable stuff like that, and I feel like there's just something about starting a music videos that makes them just, like, yeah, just like shoot this. Just like have there's just this moment in right. it. It's well, like who cares? I, not everything, not every shot and frame has to mean something. I like it if it does. I want everything in the frame to matter. But I think right. some sometimes they just don't. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, this is just a cool thing in there. Well, see, I, I think I think like one of the things about like, like I said, I've said this a lot. I'm not a big Snyder fan, but no, it's funny you I've said watched... that he made a good movie, so I pulled up his filmography, and you're right. Yeah, I mean, Dawn of the Dead was maybe okay. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, like but... 300. Yeah. 300, um, I, I mean, saw it. but, like, the thing about all of his movies is I think that, like, uh, like I don't... We were talking about, like, Age of Ultron, and, ba- like, Batman vs. Superman and Age of Ultron came out the same year. I saw both of them. I could not tell you a single thing that happens in Age of Ultron. I could tell you everything that happens in Batman vs. Superman, because it's fucking insane uh and i think <laughs> so much of his filmography and even his things is like his films that even if i really dislike batman versus superman that it was like i said mean-spirited so an ugly movie but there is something Doesn't about like who batman is but the thing is like his filmmaking even if it makes me angry that is still like ex- a successful art in my opinion rather than feeling nothing and i do think zack snyder is really fascinating uh filmmaker to watch because he's been trying to do this thing since 300 which is uh and this really kind of goes into what we were talking about the last two weeks with like comic book format and splash pages and all this stuff and which is like how do i create the effect of splash pages and comic book composition into live action movie making Yep. Which is like what he has been for the last 10 years. His entire career has been about trying to have a conversation about film frames and comic book panels, right? And the relation mm-hmm. between the two. And I think that's like a really interesting thing. I don't think he's a, he's not a good storyteller. I think he's very self indulgent. Um, but like it is like an interesting thing to see somebody trying to. And it's like, I would rather take like a miserable failure like batman v superman than something like ant-man and the wasp which is like perfectly fine but there's nothing interesting at all in the entire well, movie they're right so there's small no... yeah that is true they're very <laughs> very small and like they do not... get small yeah and we got it in like and like shit and the wasp too jesus right. that's yeah, such like a it, team that, that person um, is small and a girl yeah and it, it's just <laughs> like the the sort of like safe you know like i i think that like the mcu movies are like I would say the best MCU movie is like a B plus, 
and the worst is like a C minus. Like they just have this really great you're strike saying, zone. You're saying the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to a liberal arts college? Yeah, basically. You know, someplace where crazy. they don't get grades. Yeah, some I class- mean, great inflation. Well, their parents are super rich, so they <laughs> get taken care that of. That's very true. Um, but I, like, okay. I, the, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Just Could've... finishing the MCU is like, you know, that kind of like C to B and like the DC movie, especially this universe has been like mostly F's with like two A's, which is like, I would rather have filmmakers work in that place than mm. this like super safe, um, very like streamlined I... factory made feel that you get from the MCU movie. I don't disagree about that. Uh, that's an interesting point because I can just not see the ones that are bad. Uh, whereas if they're all B pluses, it's like I can see all these or not see all these, and it won't matter a whole lot. It'll right. They just kind of float in because they're B because they're Bs. They just right. float into your life, and yeah. you're just like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. Whereas it's if not you're like, when people are like, no, actually, you know what? The Wonder Woman movie's really good, and then we saw yeah. Wonder Woman was pretty good, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, not the not the new one. Um, no. I agree with that. I think that's that's interesting. Okay, I have I have two things, two like a uh, little discussion. Well, sorry, one super small nit I would like to pick, and then one big issue that I want to have explained. So the small one is you've mentioned the music a couple times, and I feel like of all of Zach's things, his taste in music I think is possibly the worst I've ever uh, seen. I agree. Um, the music yeah. in this movie is so bad, but there's especially the moment where Aquaman drinks whiskey which mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever. Um, he drinks his whiskey, and in the... I was just looking up differences. Wait, why doesn't... Well, I'm sorry. Why doesn't it make sense that he drinks whiskey? It's just I just drink. It's just like, this person is magic, but also feels the effects of alcohol. It's just like... It's just very confusing what affects his body and what doesn't. He's like... Anyway, he's a fish, and he also drinks like a fish. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> like, whatever. He drinks whiskey. It's yeah. like, you cool. Um, But the... Uh, my point is he doesn't do any other human food and drink, so it's weird to do make it a big part of his character that he drinks human whiskey. I actually sometimes I think you think about the the comic book underpinning type stuff a little more than even I do, and I like comic books. Well, we're because I would have never that even thought second, about because that. that's what I do want to talk about. But this, so he drinks whiskey at this fishing village in um, what I thought was almost a cool scene, and in the original movie, apparently. Uh, they played a Icky White Thump. Stripes song. Yeah. yeah. Icky Thump. Terrific, fun White Stripes song. And Zack Snyder replaced it, and I'm going to say this, as a pretty big Nick Cave fan, the worst Nick Cave song ever written. <laughs> you're you're a Nick Cave guy? I, they're, surprising, they, right? I've had this conversation really with Alex, surprising. Yeah. Really? Wait, why is this surprising? It's just not, you're Alex. You know, it's just... Yeah. My, I mean, I haven't listened to nearly as much recently, but, like, yeah, my high school was, like, Tom Waits, Nick Cave, Leonard Cohen, that sort of thing. Wow, Nick um, Cave... I mean, well, I guess Tom Waits is pretty weird, too. Yeah, all right. All right. You've And you've told me you like Tom Waits. Okay, not that surprising. All right, we're good. I mean, yeah, and I... I mean, I like... I There are some parts of Nick Cave's catalog that, like, still are some of the... Like, could move me immediately. Uh, just hearing the first few notes uh, of anything yeah. for Boatman's I mean, Call, except for the Black Hair song. Uh, I think anyway. we all know the actual best Nick Cave thing he ever did. Is you ever see that interview with uh, Billy Corgan? When Billy Corgan was interviewing him for MTV... And Nick no, Cave just, I don't know about Nick this. Nick Cave, you should find find it. Uh, Nick Cave just tears him apart. Like the first thing he does <laughs> is he asks him. So like your band, like Nick Cave, just does not respect Billy Corgan at all. It's very obvious. And That's the first question is like, so your band's from Australia? And he's like, my band's from all over the place. 
fuck you saying my band from Australia. I'm from Australia, but you, you don't tell me what. And it's just it's just that for five oh, I'm minutes. I'm definitely gonna just, watch that. Him just every question great. Billy Corgan asked Nick Cave says the meanest thing he can think at the time. That is weird. It's, it is a work of art. It is one of the best right. interviews I've ever seen. All right, so. Um, I'll put a link to that along with that record. Uh, but yes, the Nick Cave song that plays. I mean, Zack Snyder is... So I actually think, I think especially because I've seen all of his other films, this has the least obnoxious needle drops. I think like Watchmen has oh my the God. worst. Watchmen yeah, has the most fucking, obnoxious. The hallelujah moment. It just oh, like the God. movie stops in its tracks. I Seeing that in theaters, wait, I almost wanted to be like, okay, turn hallelujah? the movie off. We need oh. to take a second. Yeah, there's that. You know the scene when uh, he used Hallelujah in this one also, yes. and I was like, "You leave Leonard alone." Well, uh, so in in Watchmen, the scene when they finally have sex, Laurie and the Night Owl, mm. it's in slow motion to Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Oh, it's God. it's fucking absurd. I painful. hated this. It's yeah, fucking painful. But, but to me, I like. I thought the needle drops were like okay. I mostly was really happy to hear the Junkie XL score. Which is another one of those things that, like, imagine making a whole... Was that the chanting in the background? Well, just all the music. So, like, in the theatrical cut, they they threw out all of Junkie XL's music. I think Junkie XL can be pretty hit or miss. I really love his Mad Max score. And I think this is pretty good, too. I, I they, thought the the chanting was really awful. Yeah, I uh, thought it, I thought it was funny. I just like uh, especially every time it came back, I thought it was even funnier. But the uh, the the Danny Elfman score for, that uh, was in the Joss Whedon Justice League uh, was really was so lazy and so rushed. Well, I I swear to God, there and he like they thought this was clever, but uh, they reused Danny Elfman's Batman '89 score for all the Batman oh. scenes and John Williams Superman score for the Superman scenes. So they're taking hmm. scores from other movies for the Joss Whedon one. I have it's just feelings about that. That does sound very lazy, and I do feel like if you're Danny Elfman and you're like, "Great, another long superhero movie. I'm gonna phone this one in." That makes sense to me. But the idea that you have like a sting for a character from people's childhood that does sound kind of neat. I mean, yeah, it was kind the of best cute. musical part of this movie is anytime Wonder Woman like stomps her foot and they play her song because her song rules. And all the other songs, not very good. But well, Wonder Woman's I, song rules, so I just want to keep, keep putting that song in. I really like uh, Hans Zimmer's Man of Steel score, and they use mm. that. Like, Superman's theme in this movie, I think, is really well done. And then the music and the imagery, I'm sure you two, especially Alex, you hated this, but the the very end when Flash has to run so fast that he, like, rebuilds time. <laughs> I thought, like, the music uh, and imagery... That was such a great moment. That was such a great moment because they were like, look, we have gods, demons, aliens, the multiverse, transformers, Nazis, hackers, a three-headed witch, science, magic. And they were like, um, it's three and a half hours in this movie. Can we add a little time travel? Yeah. just like, the, That was the just only the, thing we were missing was just, just a, a little of time we travel. They, they set it up earlier. I mean, yeah, that's a little yeah, bit no, of time travel. Yeah, it was like, by the way, later there's going to be obvious time travel yeah. I'm going to need to do. It's just like, like you didn't have enough stuff. You had to do time travel. I love time travel, and I felt like my my girl was being insulted by this movie. <laughs> How just dare you use time travel, Megan, on one arm, time travel on the other. That's just Dude. you and it out. Just oh yeah, <laughs> my two ladies, my wife. Right, and you're time right. I've travel. never seen my girl before, and I'm embarrassed that it happened just now. But I'm gonna 
put on a brave face and keep moving forward. Anyway, so I hated that moment. You're right. But I thought like the music was really like that's where the score and the imagery and everything really combined to make something that I thought was like pretty transcendent, to be honest with you. I I, I just said this movie just beat me in submission. I mean, uh, that's how I felt also, but I don't mean that as a compliment. Okay, so here's my big thing that I want to talk about that I think is because I really did. I hated the Avengers movies also. Um, for, and I think for a lot of the same reasons, although they were shorter. Um, and someone was paying me to see them, and so I should have liked it more than this. But um, the uh, my, okay, so we're talking about comic books last week. I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to see why people like stuff. And one of the sticking points that I have is with like too much magic. Um, right? We talked about that. Yes. And I think each individual character in this universe in their movie would be like pushing it on how much magic each could do. Like, I feel like each of their list of powers, gets mm. too silly, except for in normal cases, Batman. But then in this movie, it's not Batman that anyone's ever seen before. And he kills people. He, he's the science guy, but he mostly just tells Alfred to have faith. And then he also has premeditated visions of the future. It's anyway. Um, so Batman normally a little bit grounded and interesting. Everyone else is a little bit overpowered. And then, but then just like in the Avengers, if you put them in the same world and you put them on the same team, then the bad guy they would need to fight in order for them not to be overpowering Mm -hmm. has to be really, really dumb. Mm -hmm. And I think that happens in this. Like, Goat Boy, I liked his shiny armor, um, but the the character... He throws a horse. He throws a horse? I didn't know that. He throws a horse. We have covered that, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I'm a big horse fan. Don't love that part. Well, actually. Okay. The best thing about Steppenwolf is his stupid little face and what you think is this giant horned helmet. Uh, and then when the, yeah, that the, was kind the, of the metal peels back and it's not a helmet, it's just his skull. Again, it reminds me of, uh, you know, that, like, hilarious. The like toad from Mario thing yes. where he takes off his mushroom cap and it's just like a big that's funny. His little that, head is funny. But 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 the motivation of him and his uncle nephew boss um is that we want to just bathe in fear and darkness and destroy all universes. Like I if you want to get emotionally involved in the struggles. How could you care about that? How could anybody watch that and be like, that's, oh man, I hope he doesn't bathe all of existence in pain and darkness. Like, it's just so big. Yeah, I thought to his... see then this kid who I just watched get a dog walking job, how is he going to fight against an infinite void of pain and darkness? It's just, it's just mind boggling. It's, there's no part of that that's like, this is a cool fight. And so I feel like the whole time, it's the villains too powerful, and then also the invincible characters are going to punch them, and then they and then they punch. Anyway, that's my biggest problem. I just don't understand how you can get into the stakes of these two worlds of these people who are too overpowered, and then these bad guys who are the devil. Well, yeah. I I like I said, I like his stupid little face. He's like a big metal Look, baby. You know, Anthony, if you had said. Every time Seven Wolf comes on screen, please laugh at his stupid little face. I would have enjoyed every yeah, Seven Wolf scene more. I love now that you he see is, I like he his is, stupid little face. He's got he's like baby Yoda covered in knives. Uh he is <laughs> he is like this insecure 
little dude who fucked up, like fucked his boss's younger sister or something, and got no, he in owes him fifty bucks. The act- that- actual motivation is he owes him fifty bucks. Yeah, I mean, he said he would get him back, so he decided to bring him Earth instead. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is the type of stuff. Like, I think maybe the biggest problem with this is sort of like. Zack Snyder's belief that everyone is as deep into the DC universe as he is. Like, the fact that, like, like look, like, Infinity Gauntlets and Infinity Stones are a stupid idea. Yes. But, like, it's from the comic books, and they felt like they had to do it. And the DC version of that is Mother Boxes, which is somehow the only thing dumber yes. than six Infinity Stones. I agree it's with three you. three magic boxes. And, different colors that go yeah. together and then they unify. You yes. know what's the you know what the difference is though is yeah they're both they're they're the same MacGuffin basically right except one they took ten years kind of seeding uh, these MacGuffins for the audience and that is that doesn't in the end change the the fact that they are just simply MacGuffins but it does maybe change the audience's expectation and investment in these MacGuffins as an idea. When you have just one movie that's just like, all right, here's, it, it can't hit any any harder because there's been no foreshadowing. There's been, or I guess there was a, a small amount of foreshadowing in Batman v Superman, which is a, a movie that I did not see. Yeah, um, well, there was also supposed to be, like a mother box was supposed to be like behind it all in uh, Suicide Squad originally before that. Mm. Got cut to shit. I mean, so like the craziest thing about all of this is that D- Warner Brothers decided to give Snyder essentially complete control and they didn't have faith in him the entire time. And like, they were supposed to be setting up the mother boxes in like Batman versus Superman and a uh, 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 fucking Aquaman and Wonder Woman. All these movies were mm-hmm. going to have stuff, but the studio fucking panicked because they just have been trying to like, trying to chase Warner, like D- Disney this entire yeah. time in like this way when their head was just up their asses and they had no idea what they were doing. I would- um, I would like to offer an in real time retraction of the $50 thing. Um, I thought he said 50 bucks. Well, he said like some currency of theirs, but it was actually 50,000 worlds. He owes him 50,000 worlds. Um, yes. And I thought thousand worlds was a currency from the way well, he said it. Well, you don't know, you know, how they treat world. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, it's, it still is kind of like, and it is, <laughs> yeah. it really is. He's like, he has like, he just like owes some money and that's it's, why he's doing all of this, which is like hilarious. Something. Yeah, it it's matter. like the end of men in black, you know, the little planet lives in an orb. Uh, it's, yeah. it's like yeah, he owes yeah, him yeah. 50, 50 marbles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's how it felt. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought like it was just all like, it is completely ridiculous and uh, like stupid, but I thought stuff like just how like weird and eager and awkward he comes off. And then, like, everything with, like, the Amazonian flashback of Darkseid's attack on Earth, which was so over-the-top, and you have Zeus and the giant CG David Thewlis putting an axe in him. And then, like, he gets carried off like a drunk frat boy who passes out in his own ship. I thought that was hilarious and great. Uh, I just all that stuff. Okay, but, just... but you're not... You're, so, so, coming back... So, you're saying it is ridiculous, so that's good. Um, but, like... I like I thought what the one of the appeals was like Spider-Man's world is he has this power and that causes responsibility like I get that and I can watch that and be emotionally involved in it um 
sometimes, not often, but I can see that. I can see how you could be emotionally involved in that situation. And Batman, like, overcoming fear and trying to create justice, like, I can see being emotionally involved in that conflict. But this is, like, a being beyond... Ex- somebody who could owe 50,000 worlds is fighting somebody who's a god who's always existed is just... Like, where is the emotional interest in that? Where See, is the part of that that I'm supposed to follow as a story? This, where, yeah, why does it make sense? I get that, like, why that wouldn't... I think, again, your mileage is going to vary. I think the thing that actually is really interesting about this, especially compared to other Snyder DC EU movies, is that I think what he has been trying to do is, like, convey... like, And this is, like, something... Like, the difference between DC and Marvel, right? Is, like, Marvel characters... A lot of them are street levels. A lot of, like, Marvel characters have real problems. They have to, you know, Spider-Man has to hold a job and go to school and be Spider-Man, balance his relationship. Tony Stark is an alcoholic. All these things. Like, that's Marvel's whole thing. DC's whole thing is so characters are gods. The mythological demigods. They are not humans. They don't have human problems, right? And, like, one of the things I think he did really poorly in Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman is, like, Try like try to get to what it would mean for like these gods to exist, and I think this is the first movie where he finds the balance when it's like, yeah, these people aren't going to have regular problems because they're not humans, right? These are this is like a mythological story, and that's the stuff that is like this where the stakes I found to be like interesting because it's not it is not the story about like oh I hope Spider Man can end up making Mary Jane happy and beat the bad guy. It was more about, like, what do mythological characters mean to us? Why do we want these stories? Why have we been telling these stories since the beginning of mankind with these types of characters? And then I also thought the way he showed, like, I thought the Wonder opening Wonder Woman scene, which, again, is like Wonder Woman <laughs> murdering a bunch of incels in fedoras. Uh, it's so <laughs> it's so like just over the top and like the fact that a little girl watches oh yeah that uh, one watches Wonder Woman nuke a guy uh, with a bracelet and I was like can I be like you but like the way that <laughs> can I the, kill men yeah and, it's, <laughs> and the, but like the way that scene was shot it was like the first time I felt like oh yeah Wonder Woman's not like a a superhero she's a straight up god literally that is her character she moves like a god she will fuck you up like we don't serve any actual challenge to her and it's like i think the movie does so much of that it's like the scandinavian women singing about aquaman it's just like this reverence for these these beings is so interesting i i Um, I mean i everything you're saying is true except when you say that it's interesting that's the part i don't get it's like you're describing this thing that's like yeah that is fundamentally unrelatable yeah, I mean, different strokes. I, again, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, this like I can't defend this movie. I, like I, I made a joke also on a Discord that this movie is the anti-Alex equation. I could not think of anything more mathematically perfect to make Alex not like it than this movie. I mean, this movie is this movie is kind of like you, Alex, in the sense that like you know, you. <laughs> You're a groomsman you are this my movie, wedding. Alex. Yeah, you're, no, you're a groomsman at my wedding. The I, harshest turn no, I've ever heard on the show. No, I, I, I absolutely love you. You're one of my best friends. You've been so much better to me than I have any right to deserve. Oh, uh, and like, well, I won't have any of that kind of negative self-talk. You're roasting but, me. Stay focused. But, Eyes on the prize. Yeah, <laughs> but, but like, 
you know, I like I truly, I truly love you, Alex, and like I, I consider you probably one of my closest friends. But if someone would have told me they don't like you, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. You know, like I, 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 I totally understand that. I don't, I don't, I, I don't think he deserves that. I think you yeah, I, give him no, a I've try. never agreed with you um, so completely as I do but, about that sentiment. But like, I feel I, that. But it's like I, it's you know, it's I can't defend this movie by any stretch of the imagination. I just am so glad it exists now, which is something I never would have thought a year ago. Um, and I just, I enjoyed it and I just, yeah, it's, it is going to be every, like what Speed Racer was for me when tones of like, anytime I would get a new TV or a new format would come out, the first thing I would put on is Speed Racer. Cause that's like a great, see what your TV can do type of movie. This is going to be my new, like if I get, when I get like a, my next 4k device, I'm going to put on like half hour of this movie, just this try out the tv you know okay um so as we're wrapping up here um i have one last thought that i would like to check with you guys which is why does aquaman wear a shirt ever sometimes because i don't he know. takes his shirt off so mm-hmm. many times in this movie that mm-hmm. it's unclear why he has it in the first place well i love Nips that might get hard every, you know yeah every like scandinavian village has a closet of loose clothes, the nicest sweaters. <laughs> the, oh, the sweaters he fucking wears in this movie are so nice. I would give anything for, especially that first sweater he has. It looks so fucking comfortable. <laughs> but the fact that he just tosses it behind him, it's yeah. just like that implies like everywhere he goes. They just, where's he getting new shirts? Well, yeah, they it's... just Scandinavian villagers keep shirts for him. It's the least they can do. He brings them fish during the winter. You know, like oh, it's the brilliant. least they can do is give him like. But why can't he sweat? swim with a shirt on if he can swim just fine with his pants on? You ever tried to swim with a shirt on? It's Slows hard. It down. So it's yeah. also hard to swim with bulky pants on. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I I don't know. I I think it is certainly a a thing of um. I think Jason Momoa is probably the type of guy who wants to take his shirt off and will take his shirt off at the drop of a hat. Well, I'm clear. On, to be clear, he's not Burke Kreischer. I'm into that in his case. That's cool. Yeah. I like that about him. I just don't understand why he was wearing it in the first place if his main thing is taking it off. Well, but okay, but I think you sort of answered your question right there. You just found it so It's yourself. not having the shirt or it's not seeing his chest. It's the shirt coming off that's exciting. Yeah, it's the reveal, Alex. You can't uh, You can't have him just walk in with no shirt on. This is a fine he's going to look like a freaking redneck, but if Those- he takes it off mid-scene yeah, now those, it's sexy those six blondes have been following him around for three days waiting for him to take his shirt off so they can smell it and sing uh that yeah, is that's it fair. uh that's yeah fair. i think um, no i get I, my last I do want to, my final thought go ahead oh i just I, I'll end my, my last thought is stupid so i want to hear um oh, you guys' just, final thoughts first uh just a few other quick things i wanted to mention are just like really great moments uh mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved when Mira like blood bends the blood out of Steppenwolf's face. I thought that was awesome. Not sure any of the uh, things you just said. When they're fighting uh, in Atlantis or by it, and like she has him, and so it's pulling the water out of his face, mm. and then so it's pulling all the blood out as well. That, that was really cool. There. I okay. thought that was amazing. 
Uh, and yeah, I just there's just so much stuff. I do want to shout out one more time. Just I yeah. think Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller characters who I thought were so poorly handled in the theatrical cut. Uh, I really liked them both a lot, and I think also this movie's cast is so stacked with people. I really enjoyed. I think Joe Morton uh, is phenomenal. He's you know known. He's Cyborg's dad, probably best known oh, yeah. as Miles Dyson from Terminator 2. I yeah. thought he very was very similar role too. <laughs> yes. Very similar. And uh Diane Lane, I thought was really good in this movie. Uh I, I've always thought Amy Adams was a really great Lois Lane, but they just have never given her anything worth doing in any of these movies. Dude, she was so um, sad at a coffee shop twelve yeah. times. And then like that I was think plenty. Yeah, Henry Cavill, I still think, is a great Superman. Also, just doesn't have very good material to work with. Um, well, yeah. I, I will say it, it's interesting because I think that we did this right after we did Watchmen because I think all of the critiques of the superhero genre that Watchmen was offering are like what we just spent two weeks thinking about. And it all makes this movie more difficult to uh, appreciate it makes it harder to understand why this is still happening in this way yeah when in 1984 somebody fucking nailed what was wrong with this yeah somebody was like this is gross and then you've got Zack snyder making a movie has red watchman yeah yeah and we know for yeah that's that's a good point we know for a fact he's read it and then this movie kind of asks you to look at it and almost like a holy thing, you know, it's like, this is yeah. so cool. Like yeah. slow-mo Aquaman drinking whiskey. Those are the moments that the movie kind of loses me because I, it, if the movie's barely working for me, I don't like it when it slows down to kind of be like, <laughs> wow, this is awesome. Right. right. It's like, I'm if you didn't slow right down now. to do that, you wouldn't give me time to think about how much I'm not really that on yeah. board or how much I'm just finding it mediocre. You know what but I mean? I- I think that comparing it to Watchmen is it's it's such a good. I'm really glad we did the the in this order because I do think that this movie has you know so many of the same kind of problems that you were just mentioning, but at the same time I think it avoids a lot of the stuff that I actually think is like really gross and what kind of what Watchmen was getting at in other ways. So like I my well, Heather and I we watched. Uh, the the premiere, the first episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then the Snyder Cut back to back. It was just five hours of superhero stuff. No, and yeah, Jesus. Was, okay, so this is a point Megan but, made when I said that you were enjoying this movie. That you have to. It's it's so crucially different to think of somebody who watches some movies versus you and your wife who watch double features constantly so four hours of movie is a much different commitment for you you're like yeah. so like you mean a normal amount of movie yeah, but for most people that is twice as much movie as they watch in a week sometimes a month so yeah, it's well, an absurd amount of movie yeah it is i'm not saying of course it is uh it's supposed to be but i would think that so like falcon and the winter soldier only the first episode is out it's okay I was really turned off. The first 10 minutes of it are just a ad for the American military. That's it. That's literally how the whole show opens. Was this whole thing about how fucking awesome the American military and what we're doing in the Middle East is and how you should sign up and fight for America. Uh, And I like that's the stuff that is like it is so disgusting to me when I see that. 
Um, hey, hey, yeah. the, they can both they can they can both be gross. That's yeah, that's they all can I both be gross. Yeah, but I I do think that this movie is a a little bit more almost to say almost responsible uh, than some of the stuff that Marvel does uh, because it deals with these characters as gods and as slightly unrelatable people. Um, versus this like oh yeah you know Captain America he's just a good guy Wanda she's not weird at all I mean she's technically like a god but whatever she's a person um, that's not, the stuff that is just kind of I, I'm not sure that this deals with that so much as it's just like is that it's just like yeah we are gods and you're watching the same plot I'm not sure that it's like, here's what's weird about them being gods. I feel like it makes no effort to deal with that weirdness. And instead yeah, it's, it's not, just like, it, these I, I gods gotta like, punch each other. Yeah, I don't feel like it's actually asking any any meaningful questions about them. And then and then Marvel has the same problem, right? Of like not interrogating uh, the characters really at all. Uh, however, because the characters are grounded, more grounded anyways, I guess they're not completely grounded, but because that's the Marvel formula, their flaws are kind of there and then it kind of becomes an issue of like why is this like not being addressed especially in the case of WandaVision uh whereas this is just like well they're not real people so why would they have problems you know what i mean they have problems right but the problems are that there's an alien on another planet that's going right, to right. invade or, earth or, or that her, her boyfriend died 200 years ago and she's she still, still can't talk with a whole yeah. sentence without you know, saying his name I, I, I was going to say this like maybe 30 minutes ago, but I'm, I, we kind of circled back around to it because I just want to say, I think the way uh, if if the, the way that DC uh, has made stories uh, that I read and liked is maybe it's more interesting when the protagonist or the point of view character uh, is a normal person uh, and not the superheroes themselves. Because I think a lot of the DC heroes are more interesting as... Uh, elements of the plot structure and not uh, characters that we are uh, experiencing the story uh, through. There's a very good comic called Kingdom Come uh, where your point of view character, uh, actually your point of view character is almost a ghost, but there's also a regular guy <laughs> with the ghost. I don't know. It's You, you, just, you were making such you a good my point, point and then you realized in the middle of it well, it's it hard. The DC characters are hard because they are gods and sticking to that I think it's just kind of it's just kind of worn worn out in a, in a weird way. We've gotten so far away from it that Zack Snyder making this movie, uh, it's almost like, oh yeah, this is how this is this is when people first started reading comic books. This is like what they were. This is what they liked. They're like the fact that they're all just they just kind of do they do cool stuff. I don't know. It can be inspiring. Some I get when people are uh, excited about Wonder Woman. She can be really freaking cool sometimes. I mean, the first well, movie was fun. And, yeah, and yeah. I think that Al like, is a great. Uh, wonder woman and and she's uh, also and a god though you know what yeah, i mean yeah. like she's not like walking in being like oh i've got these internal problems or whatever it you does know feel like though her godness turns up in the second movie and is turned way up in this one and her godness is the thing that like was problematic for me in the first one it was kind of like did dull some of the otherwise good moments mm-hmm 
but well, she's yeah. got, you know she's got this boyfriend who's very fragile and killable so it's like at least she's got to protect it's like when you have to go take an egg yeah. home in sixth grade you're like i might be a god compared to this egg but at least i have this it's going to keep me from running around and then you fall in love with that egg and it breaks and you can never love another egg again you know <laughs> it's just the next 50 years you're just i had an egg once oh man it was you, a pilot you <laughs> understand me yeah <laughs> uh, i knew an egg that would love to fly this spaceship um okay uh I have actually, I, I do want to do, um, okay, I'm, I have my dumb last thing and then one more thing that I think we should do, which is, um, uh, my, d- my dumb last thing is just the moment where uh, Batman meets the Flash and he's like, uh, you're the Flash. And he's like, no, I'm not. And then he throws a, a ninja star at the Flash's face and the Flash uh, catches it. Ring. Yeah. Yep. And that is a, I just want to say a high stakes gamble. <laughs> and I'm glad it worked. But that is like, that only has to go wrong once. For yeah. you to be really fucked. Yeah. Just one time, it's like, no, this was actually just a dog walker who looks kind of like the Flash. And you're like, you just killed him in the face. Mm. Um, yeah, just to get him- uh, uh, someone filing a police report. Yeah, I saw this. Uh, if it was any other car, I would not have noticed. But it happened <laughs> to be the nicest vehicle I've ever seen parked outside this warehouse. Yeah. And then this kid walked in and a billionaire walked out whistling. Like nothing just happened. Yeah. Uh, so maybe check with him. And, and, uh, and by the way, the nicest car I've ever seen, it was a Mercedes over and over and over again. Um, there's a lot of product placement in Batman's life. Okay. Last thing though, I did want to, we talked about this a little bit on our chat, but I think we should now bring this out into the open, which is um, J number one wrote in a question that took me a little bit to understand, but here's the basic question, which is, could this movie, according to our opinions, not the official Oscars rules, but is this movie a 2021 movie or is this a 2017 movie director's cut released later? Like how much movie do you have to redo before you would get qualified for the Oscars as a new movie? I'm I, after seeing it. So like the theatrical cut is literally only about 20% of this, which is still a lot because it's a very long movie. Uh, but like eighty percent of it was brand new, like not at all in the in this film. So I I do especially after seeing it and kind of like I said having so, such a positive reaction to it, I would absolutely consider this a twenty twenty one film that I think should be nominated for. Do you think? Okay, uh, that's insane. Do you think that? And you knew it, and I could hear it in your voice. You were, what award? You were, what award? A visual effects mostly, uh, costume design, um, uh, um, you the, know, uh, stuff like that. Yeah, the fake ones. The I think it would be fine uh, in this case if it's eighty percent. That seems like an okay ratio to me. Although I do wonder if you set a weird precedent. If it's like, hey, if you make a movie and it sucks, then you can use the reviews to make a second version that's better and then win awards for that version. That's like an it's just kind of an interesting world creatively. Well, I mean, look at, like, directors like Michael Mann or, like, Kubrick was was famous for this. But, like, Michael Mann, like, releases new versions of his movies every few years, right? He will just constantly tinkers with them. He's just never done. He has released multiple different versions of I mean, I said right, but I don't know who you're talking about or Uh, what. Michael Mann, the guy who made Heat, uh, Ali, uh, the insider, Manhunter. He... Oh, it constantly re-releases his movies that are drastically different from cut to cut. 
But does because, he wait? They, he really wait? He, like j- just like this? Like he's just called this is a director's cut? And oh, it's a yes, totally different movie. It's called a director's cut, or in some cases, like with Miami Vice, he has released new versions of it with no title change. Just you can't find the old version of Miami Vice oh, anymore. Classic. You Lucas can only version. find the new version. Um, right. But those were at least called the Star Wars Special Edition. Well, this but, is but just he Miami did, Vice. He did kill the old ones. So you couldn't go yes. watch it. So like he does like he's famous for doing stuff like that and like just wanting to always tinker, just never being happy with his movies. Yeah. Um. So like there is kind of precedent for this before. Uh, I've never seen anyone who was removed from like the editing bay getting a shot to come back in, which is the stuff that I actually like. Like I imagine if if somehow the like, Terry Gilliam's version of Brazil had never been released. And we had only gotten the bad Love Conquers All version. And that's just what that movie was. Like the idea that someone would give him the opportunity, even though he sucks nowadays, to like go back and actually complete his movie as he wanted to. Like, I think that would be cool. Like, I I hope um, that like at least some deserving filmmaker who got really fucked over on something gets a chance to write around. The way you said it early on was basically like, it's not you, you seem to be saying that we don't we shouldn't think of this as a movie, but just as like this is the director's cut that would be on a different um, on a on a DVD on the backside or whatever, or the second disc. Like, is it closer to that or is it closer to a new movie? Uh, I mean, I think it, it can be a bit it, both. Like, I think if what I meant by that was like the length of this is like if Snyder they was never going to really, if he had not had to walk away, they never were going to release this four hour versions. They would have cut this down to two and a half hours and then eventually released this four hours. But because we never got to see the Snyder theatrical version, right? We only have this version of the movie. I think it should kind of like stand on its own because of that. Does that make sense? Well, I, it, well the thing that you, that I felt when you said it, that I think really actually did help me was it's sort of like, this is not for you, is how I interpreted that, which is like, this is for the people who, the, the incels who made it happen, and this is for uh, you, apparently. Um, but this is like, this is like, <laughs> I told you I don't like Lord of the Rings, and you were like, you have to watch the special editions. I'd be like, well, that, this is not for me. This is not for people who are, you wouldn't say, oh, are you interested in finding out if you like Lord of the Rings? You don't usually like fantasy watch this version that's much much longer you wouldn't show them that that would be mean that would be you might if you didn't understand people but you shouldn't you would be a bad thing to do so that's what what i got from that is this is not for me this is for someone who already wanted to like this and that that thread was certainly running through all the reviews that i was reading which was like um this movie, you you know going in for the most part if this is for you or not. You know if this movie is going to be enjoyable. There are not a lot of people who this is their first exposure to Justice League that are going to enjoy this movie because right. it's just not met, made for them. And and that, you know, I was trying to imagine because I had to watch both the Marvel movies when I was writing uh, reviews for a newspaper, how I would review this. And that would probably, I'd ha- you'd have to break it out and say, you already know which of these two camps you're in. Here's my best effort to show you what you might think if you're in either of these two camps. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I, I also just want to add that I think we're living through a time where the director studio uh, relationship is weighted too far on the studio. Uh, mm. And I think studios are too powerful right now in, uh, I mean, I guess like big, big budget cinema. Uh, 
So I feel like to answer the the question, mm-hmm. I would say contextually in this time we're living right now, I would go ahead and just regard this as a new film that came out uh, mm. this year. But I think that's mostly informed by just the fact that, like, I think the thing I really like about all of this happening is just that I don't really understand why Warner Brothers screwed over Zack Snyder in the first place. I don't love the guy, but I don't think they did him right. I think it was wrong what they did. I think now everyone can see that it was wrong because you can see both versions. Uh, and I think it just kind of sucks. This is like, we need, we need to, we need to, I'm not one in favor of just like, oh, directors need to have ultimate 100% control of every single type of movie that they make. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that strongly about it. But I think right now uh, there's too much on the studio side. They have too much control and they need to let go a little bit in general. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, For those of you who are curious, we recorded over 18 hours of podcast. (laughs) And you are getting... This is the studio version. This is the one you deserve because you're a casual listener. Um, If you want the full, long version of this, you need to start a petition, frankly, and donate a lot of money. Hashtag. Um, You got to hashtag it. It's the only way. So get on that now. Um... Coming up next week, we'll be back next week. Next week, we're talking. Okay, so it's been a lot the last few weeks for me personally. It's been a journey. Um, So next week's episode, Alex gets a treat. So next week, we are watching the 2021 BattleBots World Championship Tournament. We're watching BattleBots. It's one of my favorite shows. It has been since I was a wee child. I love it so much. And this tournament this year, you don't have to watch the whole season, but just the tournament uh, the last three episodes of the season was one of like it's got some of the best fights I've ever seen. It's a really, really terrific tournament, and I think where the sport has gotten is really interesting. And I think you'll enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, minus the whole doping scandal, which has really rocked a lot of the bots. Uh, <laughs> it's been it's, 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 been, sport, it's been tough. That's true. Yeah, it's been uh, yeah. There's been a lot. Yeah, actually, this season, not the tournament, but the season had some real interesting judges decisions. And there were some very controversial moments this year, um, which you guys don't get to know too much about if you just watch the tournament. But the tournament's what you have to see. It's great. Really, really fun. So we're watching BattleBots. We're talking about BattleBots. I'll tell you about uh, last year or two years ago now, I guess, where I went and watched BattleBots taping. Um, I held the giant nut. I'm all about this show. I cannot wait to talk about BattleBots. So I'm getting a treat um, Heck yeah. next week. And I appreciate you guys doing that for me. If you guys have any feedback for us, if you do want to start the hashtag for releasing the Falcone cut, go to podcast at read that we send us an email podcast at read And we really appreciate all the meat buddies who have joined the Patreon by going to metreon.com, even though we think they probably shouldn't. There's probably better things to do with your money. <laughs> Uh, thanks for being here, Anthony. Hey, this is a lot of fun. This uh, was fun. I was worried, but it turned this. out pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, and Humper, always great to talk to you. Yeah, good to, good to be here. Love uh, you. Yeah, love you too, buddies. Yeah, Anthony, I didn't say it back. I I love you too. Uh, uh, I thought you were just going to stop there. I didn't say it back, <laughs> and I'm not going to. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> mean jokes are funny. Sometimes you just got to tell your friends you like them. Um, it's been great hanging out with you both. We'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.